Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Dunham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode. If you're new here, I'm so happy that you found the show. I'm Helen Denham. I'm a self-mastery mentor for women, and I'm here to help you alchemize your obstacles to lead a happier, more successful life that feels closer to heaven on earth. We are joined by the lovely Jesse Golden today. We're talking about embracing our humanity, building a soul-led business, psychedelics, and everything in between. So Jesse grew up as a ballerina in Chicago and eventually went on to become a model, a yoga teacher, and a mom in her early 20s. But after struggling in survival mode for a few years, her body eventually shut down and she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Yoga in particular played a huge role in her healing process and her life in general and helped her through some of those extremely difficult times. That really inspired her to become a holistic health practitioner, and she wrote a book called The Golden Secrets to Optimal Health. And in addition to sharing her story and building a beautiful online community, she also started an amazing skincare and wellness line called The Golden Secrets. So her passion now is rooted in sharing these ancient tools and modalities and practices to help us all thrive and lead more grounded, happier lives. So enjoy this episode. You can find Jesse on Instagram as you listen at Jesse golden and i'm at helen denham underscore hit us up let us know what your takeaways are and thank you so so much for being here i'll talk to you on the flip side so the first question i love to ask guests is how do you like to start your days off do you have any rising routines or uh, rituals that you go to i do i have a couple that like are always there but i love first of all i love that you use the word ritual because i'm big on rituals instead of routine i think you know, um, sometimes we could get stuck in like just doing like robotic things and not really listening to what our body needs that day. So I like to kind of just like check in with myself, see what's going on, the phase I'm in, the moon cycle I'm in, all that stuff. But consistently, I have my adrenal cocktail in the morning and I make my um, coffee. I'm a big coffee drinker. And then I try and get outside first thing in the morning and like allow, you know, my body to receive the sun, allow my eyes because, you know, most of my day is on technology. <laughs> so I want to start the day off right, at least, you know. That's a very good and honest point because we're totally living in a virtual world right now. So I love that you're prioritizing your vitamin D and I know you just briefly touched on, um, honoring your cycles. So are you talking about your lunar phases, your menstrual cycles and kind of syncing up with that and your rhythm and, and honoring that natural cycle? Yeah. I think a lot of women just are like on this routine. Well, not women, but I mean, talking about moon cycles, it's like, you know, we just get stuck in these repetitive mo movements and it's like, okay, I have to go to Pilates every day, or I do this workout every day. And like, you know, I'm a yoga teacher. So I studied yoga, like women don't practice on the full moon or their moon cycle, like traditionally. And I think it's just such a beautiful time to honor yourself. And when you're feeling into those times, it's like, maybe you just stretch, or maybe you would rather have a cup of tea, or maybe you just need to like honor yourself and, and love on yourself a little bit more and not like, go, 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 you know? Totally. That feels like a nice exhale to hear you say that, because I think we are living in such kind of a masculine world right now. And women have been trained to perform uh, and be 
you know, conditioned to be kind of masculine in the ways that we work and show up for the world. So I appreciate you kind of honoring there, there really is a difference biologically when we break it down to how we need to, uh, flow rhythmically. So tell us more about your yoga practice and what, what even guided you into yoga in the first place. Yeah. I actually found yoga when I was 18, which is crazy. My son's 18 right now. And that's so interesting. Um, somebody had gifted me a yoga book, which I still have. And I was fascinated with the breathing techniques, actually the pranayama. I was dealing with some anxiety. Um, I was at, at, at 18. I was actually, uh, I mean, I dealt, I, played around the school that I went to, there was a lot of drugs. We were like a group of hippie kids and we were like trying out all these drugs and psychedelics and like way too young. And I learned the hard way that I am this close to the edge already and I don't need psychedelics <laughs> or any drugs to get me to that point. I can get there in a five minute meditation. Um, and the repercussion of experiencing that. And I think, honestly, I was just drinking too much coffee. I was dealing with a lot of anxiety. And I was so fascinated with these pranayama breathing techniques because it would it would help me fall asleep at night. It would help me deal with anxiety. And I grew up as a ballerina. And it's so crazy to think that you're never taught how to breathe in dance or in ballet. Like it's never spoken about. And um I just fell in love with yoga. I started with the breathing and then was fascinated with the whole practice and the traditions and um, all the poses. And because I had a ballet background, I could easily maneuver my body into these crazy yoga poses. And so it was so fun for me. And then yoga just became a staple in my life. It was just such a talking about honoring your body. It was just such a beautiful way for me to continue like transmuting energy through my body and like having that movement, but also listening to my body because again, that was never taught in ballet and dance. It was quite the opposite. It was ignore everybody's signal and just make it work. <laughs> and I just loved the practice. I loved that there was no mirrors. I loved that it was an inward practice. I had been staring at myself my entire life, judging myself in the ballet room and now I had this practice where there's no mirror, there's no judgment. It was like a safe, beautiful place. And I eventually became certified in 2008 just because I, I loved the practice and I just wanted to learn as much as I could. Um, I didn't really have like intentions on teaching. I just was like, I just wanted to get that stamp of approval. Um, but I've said it a million times, like yoga has saved my life over and over and over, you know, it's just such a beautiful practice. Beautiful. Yeah. I can imagine as a young woman doing ballet, also modeling, I know you've had experience with modeling and just the pressure that comes along with that and fitting into a kind of a standard. So I love that you were able to find a fluidity through yoga. And I want to touch on the psychedelic moment for a moment. I love that you're talking about this because I don't think we talk about it enough, especially in like the spiritual wellness community. I hit the exact same point where I almost didn't graduate college because I was doing LSD mushrooms like daily. I was like always on that high feeling like it was bringing me closer to my, my soul's purpose and my path. And 
who knows? I definitely learned something from it, but, um, I think it can be sometimes like a pacifier for people. I hear some of my clients will come in and say, Oh, I just need to go on an ayahuasca retreat. And I'm like, well, let's get into the the deeper layers first and foremost. And then maybe let's consider that. But what have you witnessed in our community around psychedelics in general? What do you think about it now? Because I had such like a bad experience. Um, I was, I, I, I would actually get really offended when people would bring up these enlightening moments that they had or these breakthroughs that they had, because I would think back to like my yoga practice and my yoga background where it's like, it's a constant process to get to this state of samadhi and enlightenment. It's a constant daily practice and you have to like indulge in all aspects of your life. And so for someone to tell me that they just like took a pill with some like guru in Topanga, <laughs> like did something, I would be yeah. like, Oh, I would kind of get like, really annoyed and almost dismiss, dismiss those type of people, to be honest with you. Now, recently I've, I've opened myself up more to it because I do think that there is a place for plant medicine if it's done right. And, um, if you have the right guidance, if you're in the right state of mind in the right, in the right, um, in the right, uh, situation, but it is not a replacement for the work that you have to do. And that's what kind of frustrates me. It's like, it's like someone taking a diet pill and not changing their diet. It's like, you have to like take the steps and it's not for everybody. I mean, like for me example, I learned the hard way. Like I am really close to the edge and I almost didn't come back. Like I was in another dimension <laughs> completely. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's why, you know, you need to do it in a, in a guided place. And also another friend of mine who is an amazing holistic health practitioner as well, but she's practicing, um, what she's noticing is a lot of people are doing these ayahuasca and even like ketamine now and doing all these kinds of therapy sessions and they're blowing out their adrenals and you can see it like they're, they're losing a part of themselves and it could get. I think it's a really dangerous place. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing this up. I really haven't talked with anybody about this recently in podcasting. And I think it's just so important to just acknowledge. Um, and I love that you compare it to like a diet pill or a quick fix and just really getting honest, radically honest with ourselves about, am I, am I really okay? Am I trying to like cover this up and bandaid this up? And you're mentioning, you know, you felt close to the edge. Were you going through like a mental health cycle that was really challenging and how did you eventually move through that? Well, I think when I was a kid, the first time I did LSD, I was 15 and I was doing it to escape my reality. I had a very dysfunctional home. I had a lot going on. So right then and there, you're set up for a bad trip. <laughs> you set yourself up, but you know, I didn't know I wasn't educated. So it's not that I, um, it's not mental health in the aspect of like, I was depressed. It's like, I almost didn't come back from the trip. Like I was tripping for well over a year after I had taken the initial LSD. So I almost didn't come back. Like you hear those horror stories about people just literally losing it. And um, I would just constantly felt like I was tripping and it would come on. It was like a flashback. It would come on in random times. I would be in school or I would be in dance. I would be on the stage. I remember this one time it came, it would just come up my spine. Anybody that's done LSD, you can know like that feeling of where it just kind of comes up your spine and you get this tingly feeling and it's like very um, out of control experience. 
and, um, I had to use yoga and like, it's kind of the trigger. So I like to look at the good side. It was kind of the trigger for me to like dive deep into psychology and the power of our brain and all my yoga stuff. And like, I was just, I was diving in to like save myself. I was like, how do I get back to normal? You know, because I don't like the way that I feel. So yeah, it was really scary. And, and, you know, I mean, I could talk about this forever, but like, especially with ha- what's going on now, like you don't know what you're getting and who knows what I got, I was even taking, like who even knows, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, cause it, at its purity, it's like, um, you know, wheat molded wheat on a grain, but like LSD mm-hmm. is definitely not, you're not getting straight up that every time you take it. I imagine that was really scary. Not knowing when that's going to come on. I've only heard of one other person having this happen, which Tosh Sultana, she's an amazing artist. I don't know if you've heard her like prophetic guitarist yeah. who had the same kind of psychotic break ended up in, um, oh, you know, uh, Institute and, but became an amazing musician because of the healing she did, like you did with yoga and, and research, she channeled it into something really beautiful. But so when you're talking about like pranayama and breath work for people listening, who are kind of new to yoga and breath work, can you explain to us a little bit of what's happening when we're paying attention to the breath and activating the breath? Like what's going on there? Yeah. I mean, I think breath work is like one of the most powerful things. Obviously breathing is like conscious and unconscious, but when we bring like conscious awareness to it, it just becomes this whole other thing. And like I said, before I opened that book, nobody had ever talked to me about breathing. And a lot of people don't realize like that they have shallow breathing or that they're breathing through their mouth. Um, in yoga, we breathe mostly through our nose. And now there's like so much other research as far as like benefits as far as like, um, breathing through the mouth can cause like, um, autism and facial structure and like dental issues and all kinds of things. Um, so just bringing awareness to the breath and like being able to calm it down, noticing like if your inhale is as long as your exhale, or are you giving as much as you're taking and, um, detoxing and bringing oxygen to the body and just all of that stuff. And it could be like, five minutes or less, like just taking a deep breath. I mean, we all do it unconsciously. Even when we're going through something, we kind of Mm -hmm. let go, release a sigh through the mouth. Um, And when we breathe through the mouth, it is, it's like a sign of like letting go and release. I am so happy you just mentioned the mouth breathing because I've been seeing, you know, people taping their mouths shut and things. I'm like, okay, something's going on here, but I just haven't gotten into the research yet. Wow. Okay. There's a door to open there. There's more to know. Wow. Very interesting. So yeah, it's so fascinating. And it's so fascinating that like in yoga, we do all the breathing through our nose. And I'm so grateful that like, I learned that because I've kind of trained myself. Um, but like my son, for example, his, his teeth are big. So he, it's hard for him to shut his mouth at night. Um, and what happens is a lot of the children, um, they're noticing that they're breathing through their mouth and then their bone structure is shallow where their chin is back and then their feet teeth don't fit into their mouth. So this is like a new thing. This like wasn't happening. All this orthodontic stuff was not happening years ago. So yeah, it's really fascinating. This is very interesting. We could go, this is a whole nother episode. Yeah. Uh, I would love to ask you though, as well about your business and, um, you know, journeying into skincare and just holistic beauty products and what your journey into launching, um, golden secrets look like and what brought you there. 
Yeah. It's so crazy because I never had an intention on being a skincare owner. Like this was not the plan. Um, I started making products for myself in high school and I just continued to like make products for myself. I just loved kind of like doing my witchy things, I would call it, and making these little elixirs and potions. And for years, people would ask me, literally some people without even knowing my last name. And I still get asked this, like, it's so funny on TikTok, people that don't like know me, they'll say, what's your golden secret? And I'm like, well, and I just tag the golden secrets. I actually have, <laughs> I actually have a lot of golden secrets. Um, so this thing just kind of kept happening where people would ask me like, what's that scent or what's that thing you're wearing on your skin? Or like, what do you use on your skin? And I was like, this is kind of crazy. And at the time I, I started a blog called the golden secrets where I just started sharing anything and everything that had helped me anything with the yoga. And like, we were just talking about breathing exercises or um, skincare that I loved. And I really felt like at the time there wasn't a lot of wisdom about holistic health. It was still perceived as like a very hippy dippy woo wah wee wah type of thing. And I loved being able to explain it in like layman's term to like just regular people. And when I say regular people, I always think of where I'm from. I'm from Chicago in the Midwest. And like, I would go home and I would share with my family and friends, like the new things that I was into. And they would be like, what? So I had a lot of practice on like how to like, talk to these types of people that like thought all this stuff was so like woo-wah. And um, eventually a friend of mine who I really admire in business, he said, you have to start bottling that stuff. Like every time I'm with you, somebody's asking you what you're using on your skin or what that scent is. And it's really interesting because I got kind of protective when he said that I was like, Ooh, I don't want to share this stuff. Like these are literally my golden secrets. And and then I thought about it and I prayed on it. And I was like, you know what? Like some of these products have been with me for almost 20 years and they have been through everything with me. And every time I pull out like my essential oil or I do a little ritual, it's a moment for me to check in with myself. And I was like, my gosh, I have to start sharing these. Like, like this has helped me so much in my life. I have to share it. Like, that's what my whole thing is about. So I just started sharing. And um, I think because my background had come from, uh, yeah, I, make, I made a living as a modeling model my entire life. I was kind of jaded with like marketing. I was the face of many other companies. And I kind of saw like how things worked and how there was such a disconnect between who owned the company and who was the face of the company. And the person who was the face of the company never actually used the product. And all this kind of stuff. And I was like, we got to, we like, we got to change this. Like I've been making these products for myself forever. I've been using them myself and I wanted it to be less vain. Like, yes, we're, you are getting the most organic, beautiful, ancient products from mother nature, but also I created affirmations for every product. Louise Hay was a huge uh, mentor in my life, as I'm sure many people and, um, the way that she would have affirmations for everything. I just thought it was such a great way to rewire the brain. And I was like, as women, especially every time we go to do something, we're probably looking in the mirror and pointing everything negative. What if we took that opportunity and said something positive to ourselves? So it was really important to me if I was going to do it, to do it right. I didn't want it to be solely on 
vanity and, and, you know, everything from seed to skin, like has to be done right and done a certain way. Mm, I really appreciate your perspective and intentionality with that because you're absolutely right. Usually what we're putting on, whether it's makeup or something, it can feel like we're fixing something or covering who we are. Um, but I was just telling you before we started recording, I've been using your gorgeous face oil and it feels so like rich and nourishing and like a gift to my skin. So it does, it doesn't feel like makeup or anything like I'm fixed. It's just like nourishment. Um, mm. so I feel that through your product in an interesting I love way. When people tell me like they feel the love. I'm like, yes. Like, I feel like there's like a little piece of me in everyone's bathroom. <laughs> like, totally. <laughs> yeah. And it came with this gorgeous, like magazine and booklet that you'd made. So, so I just love how you put together your brand. So now that you're talking about Louise, Hey, I'm curious to know about, you know, who else, what other teachers have influenced you, anything that you're studying right now in particular, that's sparking your curiosity or your growth in this moment. I'm reading something called, I can't remember who wrote it though. The electric body, like how our body's electric, which is kind of fascinating. Um, nothing like nothing that I can think of like too much. I'm just, I'm always like, I love looking into like older things. When I found Louise Hay, I think that was like pretty soon after, um, I was going through all of that stuff, like emotionally. And I was just diving into anything psychology and like, so fascinated with how the brain works and how we can actually rewire our brain through positive affirmations and how we're wired for the negative naturally. And it's like, we have to work that muscle, just like you would have to work a bicep. I just thought that that was so fascinating. Um, but yeah, I'm always kind of trying to learn and mm -hmm. stay, a, stay a humble student Totally. I remember reading Louise Hay for the first time, not that long ago. And I was like, oh, she's the OG. Everybody's just kind of parroting her. She's, oh, yeah. It's she's all here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's it's a lot here. of OGs and people have gotten really creative with um, sharing the message. You know, like there was someone, but I forgot the guy. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Uh Anyways, Joe Dispenza. No. Yes. Joe Dispenza. Yeah, uh -huh. There was a guy before Joe Dispenza in the early 1920s. That mm -hmm. is literally Joe Dispenza, like to a T. And I'm like, he took his message and shared it so people could understand it, you know? So I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of that going on and it's like, I think it's amazing as long as you're able to share it and people get it and, you know. Right. It, like digestible. And I like that you yeah. are talking about psychology too, and feeling like you have more of an empowered stance in your life and where you can kind of take life by, by the reins in your own way. Cause I think that mixing that with spirituality seems to be where the magic seems to happen. So what other tools did you bring in to start to overcome, um, some of the discomfort that you'd been experiencing early on and, and some of the suffering, how did that begin to unravel more and more? Are there any other practices that you began to instill like mindset, um, techniques or, or relationship to spirit? Like what came through for you? I mean, I think yoga, yoga was just like a constant practice. It was like, I remember one of my yoga teachers, when I first started practicing said, when you don't want to go to yoga is when you need to go most. And I took that to heart because like every day I didn't want to go. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that means I need it. Um, and you know, just being mindful and aware of like where my brain is going and kind of rerouting it, that mindfulness, you know, um, and then also I think 
I mean, I take this thread throughout my entire life, but I feel like when I was younger, I thought that at some point I would get to an age where I would get to a time in my life where things would just be perfect. And like, I would, all my problems would be gone or, you know, I think that there's like this, I don't know, at least for me, I thought at some point I would like figure it out. And then I realized that like the lessons never end. Like we just have to become better students. And it's like through the spirituality, through the psychology and like just learning how to shift our perspective and take challenging moments as an opportunity to like learn every practice, everything we've learned, you know, and I try and like, look at things that way, instead of being like, woe is me. Why is this happening? Instead? I'm like, okay. All right. Universe. Okay. I, I hear you. What do I got to do? You know? Yeah. That mindset right there changes everything, doesn't it? Cause you can get thrown an obstacle or a challenge. And instead of like crippling underneath it, there's like a weird excitement sometimes that I find that comes up. It's like, okay, this is clearly here to integrate. And I know on the other side of this, I'm going to be at a new level, which is kind of like exciting, but um, that certainly takes practice. And I love that you're also touching on that beautiful reminder. Like when you don't want to show up is when you most need to show up, but how did you develop like that discipline, I guess, to do it, like to just, just show up and just do it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like some people come to me and they're like, I just can't sit down and do my first podcast. And it's like, okay, let's work on the discipline. Let's work on the presence to get you there. Like what enables you to show up for your work, for your practice? Yeah. Uh, two things come to mind. I mean, I think first of all, I'm like really hard on myself. I've always been that way, but I grew up as a ballerina, which is like the most disciplinary. Everything is so regimen and it's consistent and it's the same thing over and over and over. And it's just like, I think that was really ingrained in me. And I kind of got like a high from it actually. After a period of time, I was like, this was my jam. And I think that I've taken that into all aspects of my life, like the foundations that I've learned from that. But also, like what you said about like when other people can't do certain things, like they can't sit down to do a podcast. I don't know. I've noticed like the older that I get that I hear that a lot from people, like, how do I do this or how do I do that? And I feel like if you're keep wondering like how, then maybe that's not the right path for you. Like maybe there's a different path for you that like lights you up where like you don't have to ask for help and you don't, you just figure it out, you know? And I've always kind of been like that. Like I just follow like what lights me up and then I just figure it out. Popping in for a moment to chat with you guys about my private one-on-one -on -one mentorship series. This is a two month long container with me where we meet on a weekly basis and it's for the woman who is really ready to initiate big change in her life. If you've set the intention to make a shift and move forward in a big way in your life, but you don't really know how to bring that vision into focus, I understand that feeling. I've been there. I've felt that confusion, that anxiety, lack of direction, and I've learned how to alchemize that discomfort and to change my life completely, which is why I'm here to show you how to do it and give you the tools that helped me completely change my life so that it feels more like heaven on earth and less like this daily struggle. So if you have been feeling like you're struggling with negative self-talk and confidence, if you've been feeling stagnant in your personal evolution, if you need help navigating a major transition in your life, maybe you wanna launch a soul-led business but don't know where to start, this is the container for you. This is where I'm gonna hold your hand and we're gonna get you to a new paradigm in two months. 
And changing our lives really means changing our understanding of self, which is why we're going to be doing deep subconscious work together. We're going to be instilling new habits and beliefs that support your new paradigm. And we're clearing out the old ones that don't support that highest self that you are aligning with and calling in. At the end of the day, you are the guru and we're just activating that intrinsic part of you. So if you feel like this is in alignment for you and this is really what you need, especially in this new year, just head over to HelenDenham.com. You will see where you can learn all about the mentorship and you can book a completely free non-committal power session with me for 30 minutes where we can get to know each other and decide if this is the right course of action for you. All right. Thank you so much for listening and back to the episode. Um, no, I absolutely love that. I was interviewing um, Joel, a so-called Joe this morning, and he was saying the same sentiment. I was asking him a similar question about discipline. And he was like, it doesn't feel arduous to me because I love it. Like, it's not this like hard thing. I'm not like being crushed by the pain of doing something. Um, so when you genuinely love it and understand that the process is leading to something greater, it's easier. Um, speaking of this, speaking of ballet modeling, being in that world, did you ever struggle with body image or, um, self-consciousness or comparison or anything? Did that come up for you at all? You know, I'm so lucky because I had a lot of people around me that did all my friends. Um, I saw them struggle and I track it back to my mom. Like my mom was also a ballerina and a model and never, not once did I hear her talk bad about herself. She She's a Libra. She's goddess rising. I mean, she's Venus walking. She's very feminine. And she always just carried herself with so much grace and never talked bad about herself. And I think that just like laid a foundation for me. Um, and I And I think because I was a dancer my entire life and I have my mom's genetics, like I never really dealt with like weight issues or anything like that. So I feel really lucky. And then by the time I got to modeling, a lot of people were like, how did you deal with the rejection? How did you deal with modeling? And honestly, dance made me bulletproof. Like mm -hmm. the fact that I was solely being judged on the way I looked with modeling, it was a joke to me. Like I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like I knew how ridiculous it was. And I was like, fine, whatever. Like, you don't like me or like, I don't, I didn't, I never took it personal. I did take it personal with dance. Like if I, if I, because it was something that I can work at. It was something that I can go in the studio and practice and like work at. Um, but I'm really grateful that I had um, a mom that was just like, the epitome of, of self-love, you know, she still is like with herself, like she laid a really good uh, example for me. Bless her heart. So what are you learning now as a mother, especially to a teenage son? What yeah. Are you integrating. You know, it's interesting because I see him now do some things and I'm like, oh, I hope that's not because of me. I'm so hard on myself. I'm kind of a perfectionist and I see him doing that a little bit. He's a surfer and he'll be like, oh, no, that's that video is not good enough to post. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's amazing. Like he's waiting for this like perfect video. Um, but, you know, this I, I say Kaleo, his name's Kaleo. Like he has absolutely been one of my greatest teachers in all ways. You know, I realized when um I had him that I actually didn't have a lot of self-love for myself. I, I didn't feel worthy enough to do things for myself. And through him, I learned that. Like 
I started doing things for him. And I think a lot of women experience this when they're pregnant. That's why I think pregnancy is such a beautiful time in a woman's life, because it's often the first time that they actually start caring about what they put in their body, what they put on their body and all these things. And it's like, why didn't you have that love for yourself before? You know, it's really fascinating that we don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know? I find that that also happens with like spiritual breakthroughs, like your own journey. I had the same journey. So many people I talked to have the same thing. It's like, not until you're like literally borderline about to die. Do you oh, yeah. start to consider what God means to you? What source feels like who you are beyond the body? Like it's like a pressure cooker. So I imagine that pregnancy is your, I mean, you're channeling a life through your body. It's like, it's absolutely amazing that we do this. Um, so that's a really beautiful insight to have. I want, yeah, it's like a double-edged sword. I'm just thinking about what you're saying about being a perfectionist. Cause it will guide you toward mastery, but it also can be, um, can be painful to navigate at the same time. It can be crippling. And so I'm trying to be a better example for him and doing little things that like, maybe even if it's like sharing, you know, on Instagram, just being more vulnerable and, um, and sharing things that I probably wouldn't share, have shared like five years ago because it wasn't perfect or, you know, and, and when I talk about that, I'm not talking about like a picture I'm specifically talking about like yesterday I posted like a dance video and it's like, I used to be a ballerina and I used to be amazing. And now it's like, I'm, you know, a 10th of what I used to be. But at the same time, I was like, I want to celebrate this, that like, I'm still able-bodied, I'm still able to move and it's nowhere near perfect. And I can point out everything that's wrong with it, but it made me feel good and it made me happy. And, and, um, it, it seemed to have made a lot of other people happy too. Everyone's like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Cause I never share stuff like that. I love that. It's such a good example because no one would ever know. All we're seeing is this gorgeous ballerina, like dancing. And we're so happy to see it. Only if you were in the inside of like a ballet studio, one in 2 million would understand what to even look for. So I think that's a great example, like with your son too, as a surfer, no one knows what could possibly go wrong. I know, just telling like, him. Yeah. We love this, you know? Yeah. So yeah, just like taking imperfect action and realizing that like you're, you, you're probably the only one that considers it imperfect. Everybody else watching it is like, oh, I'm, I love this. And not only that, I think it's like, especially in this age that we're living in with social media, I think people want to see those moments. Hmm. Like we don't want to see everything perfect. Like that's not attainable. You know, we want to see you just dancing around to the music and just enjoying it, you know, or yeah. So I, I think that's a beautiful. Absolutely. I think TikTok's actually a really good example of that. Like when COVID started, everybody was filming in their homes, like in their PJs. And it was like, oh, okay. So not everybody lives in this minimalist white um, Kim Kardashian <laughs> house. We live in, <laughs> we're we like in traveling homes. to five countries a year. Yeah, exactly. It, it was like a breath of fresh air. I really feel That's like true. the authenticity that came through on that app just lit everybody up and hopefully trickled into everything else. I think you're spot on with that. And then kind of in the same conversation, how are you feeling about being in your forties now and, and embracing age and, and just loving that journey even more, um, especially as women, you know, I think we, we can hit this point at any decade. It's like, okay, it's another portal to go through, but how are you feeling about aging in general? Yeah. Again, I I'm so grateful that my mom 
is who she is. She's 75 and she tells everybody I'm 75. I only use the golden secrets, like literally people at the grocery store, you know? Um, but she's always been like that. She's always shared her age. She's always been proud of the way she looked. And I've just been the same way. Like I never, until I started sharing my age on social media, did I realize what a big deal it was. Like People were like, oh my God, like, I can't believe you're this. I was just like, this is so weird. Like, why do people, I've always thought of age as a beautiful thing. I love old people. Like if there's an old person in a room, I'm going to sit next to them and like get as much wisdom as I can from them. I love hearing their stories. I love everything. So um, I've always embraced aging and I just turned 44 and I really like the number. <laughs> mm. I like the number better than 43. Just energetically, I think it's a really good number. And yeah, I, I feel like we need to shift on this whole aging is like a negative thing. Like I, I've always looked at it as a positive. And, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting because I'm a skincare owner. So like a lot of people start wanting to talk about like wrinkles and like anti-aging and like, I've always had wrinkles when I smile. My son's 18. He has wrinkles when he smiles. Like, I don't think that like wrinkles necessarily make you look older or make you look less beautiful. Like, you know, it's the whole, it's the whole program. It's like, hopefully as you get older, you also get more wise and like more smart and spiritual and, and you glow, like no matter what your age, you know? Totally. This is like a total upheaval too of our entire society's narrative around aging. I mean, first of all, most of the cosmetic and beauty industry is geared toward women to tell us that aging is anti-aging in itself is such a disheartening phrase. I feel like that I keep seeing come out and I'm like, why are we still saying that? Or just the, you don't ask a woman how old she is like this kind of hush, hush around it. Like, why not? <laughs> like, what yeah. is, What's wrong with that? And I love that you're picking up on just honoring our elders, um, which is something that Japanese do indigenous people do. Like it's, it's a very American thing to not honor our elders. I mean, like Italian in Europe, it's like the elders are at the forefront of honor and respect. And I don't know what's going on in our country, but something needs to change. And all the blue zones too. It's like, I, that's one of the reasons why people live longer is because they have purpose. Once you're a grandparent, it is then your job to like share the wisdom. And like they, it, it, I think in America, we kind of throw away our elderly. It's like, we really dismiss them and um, oh, it just breaks my heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's insane. So I'm glad we're talking about this. And I, I hope and feel that more people draw attention to it. And maybe this whole COVID chapter was, um, a magnifier on like what can be improved. And you know, I'm just thinking about my own grandmother, like how much they have a whole lifetime of wisdom. I mean, every time I see my grandma, we go on a walk through her woods in North Carolina and she can identify every plant and their qualities and, you know, baking bread all day. It's just like, these are things, these are, she's a master, you know, this is a, a lifetime of skill that she's built up. So it's really beautiful to witness. There's um, these journals. Yeah. I just got to share this with you. There's these journals you can buy. Is she still alive? She is. Yeah. She's, oh, good. How old is she? She's 88. Oh my God. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. There's these like little books you can buy where she has to fill it in. Like where it'll like trigger memories for her or like recipes or like little, it's like a whole little journal that it's like the best gift ever. And like, she has to fill it all in and then you'll always have it like just little, 
it's so cute. Cause like, you'll find ones and they'll, they'll just trigger specific memories. Like what was the song at your prom? Or I don't know, just like random stuff. And it's really good for them anyways, like mentally to like stimulate all that, but just to have those little memories in a book. Oh, I love that. If I look, maybe I'll look it up and I can just find like memory book for. Yeah. Anybody. I don't know I don't what know. it's I'll called, it. but I'm sure you'll find it. I yeah. love that idea. Cause I keep thinking about interviewing her um, and just try like, even just like putting my phone, my voice recorder on and just having a conversation with her because these memories are so special. And like now we're, that we're in a digital age, some of our like printed photographs get lost or, you know, these beautiful home videos, like we we're whipping out content so fast. So that's such a good idea. That'd be a great Christmas present for her. Love that. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to ask you a little bit more switching into kind of business realm, how you built your business. And if there are any like pillars of, um, owning a business that really helped you move the needle forward. Um, is there anything that you put in place maybe in the earlier stages of your business that really helped you to grow, even if it was around confidence or just allowing yourself to be seen, but what really helped you to get your business to get to the next level? It's a hustle. (laughs) It's such a hustle in the beginning. It is such a hustle. I mean, you really have to have a lot of drive and a lot of passion Cause there's hiccups, so many hiccups along the road, especially like I didn't have, um, funding. So I was using my own money. So like I was trying to do everything myself. So I really didn't have a life. Um, but I didn't have like failure was not an option. And I think I have that mindset with a lot of things, but like really failure was not an option. Like I don't have like a wealthy family. I don't, I didn't have a husband. Like it was just me and my son and I had to make this work. So that was my, you know, driving motivation. But I think just like, just sharing authentically too, you know, I have a couple of friends that are trying to start businesses right now and it's not the product. Like the product is the best I've ever experienced in both of them, but they struggle with social media and they struggle with sharing. And I think that's like, it's like a bonus, but it also makes me really sad that we're in this like environment right now where if you aren't great at social media, you're not going to succeed. And that's the bottom line. Like you can have the best product in the world, but if nobody knows about it, you're not going to get anyone to your website. So unless you have hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay in marketing, um, you're going to have to get on there and, and start sharing. And I think that that's like a big hiccup for people. So, and I have a love hate with the whole thing too, but I've always just tried to like share things that, uh, you know, light me up and kind of, I was really lucky because I think I built that trust before I had a product, you Mm -hmm. know, people kind of listened to me. So then by the time I had a product, it was not that it sold itself, but it was like easier. Yeah. I, there are a couple of points in there that I've just love what you're touching on. Like, first of all, about energy and, and, and not even being so much about the product, but about the person behind it, because I can think of so many coaches or healers that I could have chosen that had a list of all these credentials, but the ones I ended up working with had no credentials. I just love their energy and I wanted to be in their, in their space. And then that was ultimately the selling point. So I love that you bring that up as an encouragement. And then, yeah, the honesty of like those, those hard skills are like not to be passed up on even like website design or building out copy for your newsletter. It's like, 
that is, that's the show. And it's like, other, yeah, you're going to spend thousands of dollars on hiring people to do that unless you can pick it up yourself. So yeah, I love, that's a very tangible, real tip for everybody starting a business to get, get good at that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it can be kind of glamorized too. Like, oh, it can be so easy and flowy. And I'm definitely someone who says this a lot, like work doesn't have to feel so hard, but there is a reality of putting your head down and just getting it done. But I think back to your original point about just loving what you do. So it doesn't feel um, so arduous and, and it feels pleasurable, even as you are working, it can push the needle forward a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Jesse, thank you so much for being here. If people want to connect with you, if they want to get to know you more deeply, um, check out your products that, that skin glow that I have, I'm obsessed with. (laughs) How can we find you and connect with you more? I think Jesse golden, uh, well at Jesse golden on Instagram is where I share most often, but I'm on TikTok and everywhere. And I also have jessegolden.com where I share like everything and anything that I love. And then at the golden secrets and the golden secrets.com. Stunning. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Thank I'm missing you. Topanga. Have a beautiful rest of your evening out there. <laughs> All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and joining us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. As always, if you enjoyed and you learned something from this episode, please do send it along to a friend who might benefit from it. And uh, you can even leave a review if you feel called. I'd be so grateful. Um, And then everything we discussed is linked in the description below. So check that out for more details couple more notes on my end. I'm running full moon circles every month on the evening of the full moon. So if you are looking for sisterhood, community, just a way to deepen your experience of life, this is a great way to just relax and come together. So links in the description below, of course, and then everything else is on HelenDenham.com. I am putting up new blog posts quite frequently. I send out newsletters a few times a week with oracle cards and energy checks and offerings and Um, I love that way of connecting with you guys. So yeah, just head over to HelenDenham.com. All the juice is there. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. It's an honor to, to touch base with you like this every week. So enjoy the rest of your day, your evening, your week, wherever you are. And I will talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.